Welcome back, No Means Nerds, to this 28th episode of the No Means No Thing podcast, No Means Nothing podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan. I'm Matthew, another one of them hosts. And I'm Michelle, and this is your captain speaking. Nice. You know what, and it occurs to me that uh, we have had actually a lot of new listeners over the last couple of months, and we have not gone back and talked about the conceit of this podcast in the sense of how we're selecting songs and stuff. And I think a lot of people just start with the latest episodes and then work That's backwards, a good point. which is all fine. So um, Matthew, why don't you, why don't you take people to school about how we're, how we're doing this? Uh, so um, we have uh, a little script and it dips into every song of no means knows with some exceptions that have jello in them. And uh, it randomly pairs two, uh, two songs. So they could be um, 35 years apart. They could be adjacent on the same album. Uh, we do two pairs per episode. Uh, and we uh, argue and dissect uh, the relative merits and then vote. And we advance them sports bracket style uh, to the next round, which uh, is... Its form has yet to be determined, but uh, we may um, try to loop some uh, defeated songs, uh, you know, pugilists Please. all uh, back into the mix uh, for the second round. Oh, but, for uh, sure. As for yet, sure. Uh, we haven't decided. It's still it's still a ways off, so haven't decided uh, how that's going to happen, but uh, we'll probably involve you, the listener, in some manner, shape, or form. People's choice. And I I just want to emphasize for people, we're Life not choosing health. these we're not choosing these matchups. Nope. These matchups are chosen for us by the terrible machine, as we like to call it. So it is a random uh, algorithm that or not an algorithm. I guess it's an algorithm. It's um this little fucking of, yeah. web script I wrote. So uh, That's right. Yeah. And uh I love it and I hate it. <laughs> you know Some what I would I do? It. I'd Some put all the it. songs in like a fucking tail <laughs> just pick one oh one of those big bingo things <laughs> yeah, right the big bingo randomizer. rollers i'm yeah, old school yeah, yeah. baby <laughs> that would be that'd be sweet too i'd love it if yeah. we could do that on like a youtube thing, thing or yeah. or write all the names of songs on cigarette butts and put them in a gutter there you oh. go a little hint ladies and gentlemen about our songs for this evening mm-hmm. but before we get to that part what used to be labeled the what are you drinking uh segment is now the power of positive drinking. <laughs> oh, Thank you, shit. Matthew, for that one. I love that. And that's now the official canon. That segment, was sort of uh, uh, actually caromed off of uh, something that Ian Roberts said. So uh, thank you. Thank, nice. thank you. There. Thanks, thank you, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I usually go first. So I'm going to go first tonight, but I don't have a Marniac. Do you know what I have? No. No. <gasps> Look at that. Oh. Holy Ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna shit. I'm gonna show you what I have. Oh yeah, I saw this wow. and I'm like, you know what? It's time. Oh look at for look mother at, fucking Guinness. Look at people, Ooh. I'm converting them. Oh, I've always loved Guinness. It's just uh, been a long time, and watching you have it so every week. Good. I'm gonna go back to my usual probably next week, but no, you won't. I will. Truth be told, uh, this week was the week when I do the big event where I normally have the Amarniac for anyway. And so I've already had my Marniac, and I'm like, I don't need that twice in a week. We'll do. Uh, oh, I thought you had it some earlier tonight. Oh, you're one of those responsible <laughs> drinkers. <laughs> nah, nah. It's just I drink rarely enough that when I do it, I want a little variety. And plus, I've just been watching her 
I've been watching Michelle pop these open and Guinness yeah. used to be my go-to for, for a decade. And I haven't had one fucking forever. I'm like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? What? Oh, and see, you oh, got yeah. it in a can. That's great. It's way better. Oh, yeah. I got to have the widget. Got to yep. have the widget. I'd never get a, a bottle no, of Guinness. Don't, Forget don't. it. Unless never, ever. Unless never. that's your only hope. Don't do it. Nope. Not even then, I don't think. Wow. It's beautiful. Look at Ooh, you. It's settling. Oh, you even get. Oh, what, what the hell job. is that? It's a mason, mason jar. jar. <laughs> what we use in our you house. You don't have a fucking it, pint glass here? I don't He's have not, a pint glass. Isn't that sad? Unaccustomed yeah. to drinking, he can put the lid on it for later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can't make it through hey. that one can. Like. Wow. Oh, Jesus. I'm if I do make it through this can, this could be pretty wild. But I'm proud night, of you. So we'll see. Thank you. Wow. All right, Michelle, what do you got for us? Well, this is a special occasion for me. I'm going to I'm gonna have a Guinness too. I'll Yay. open it now. Ooh. Listeners, you got two of those. Chew it. Yes. Mm. But I want to tell you guys something. I'm not pouring it by the mic. I'll pour it by the mic. This is a special occasion for me to have this Guinness. Sounds like body bag. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say it sounds like the pee in the bucket. I have decided. That's what it'll be later. (laughs) Something will be a toilet because I'm civilized. I have decided that I'm not having beer in the house anymore because I was drinking a lot of it. I mean, a lot. So I got some tonight. I will continue to have some for this special occasion. But I was having a lot of beer and every night, and it was not doing me any favors. So it's only for special occasions. I got a four-pack tonight. I'm having probably two during this. I'm the other two. My housemate hid until Friday when the Bill Maher show comes back on schedule. So... Nice. Yep. Good for you, stranger. Yeah. That's oh, fucking huge. Yep. It's 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 uh well, it's huge. Yeah, that's another thing. I was I'm I'm getting huge, and <laughs> like these beers are not doing me any favors. I love them. I I so yeah. I'm. They drinking. just taste so good. I they get it. They do, Look. and and I don't yeah. even taste any alcohol. So I I bought a bunch of. Have you ever heard of cock and bull ginger beer? It's really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, they have a little diet one, so I'm that's what I'm chugging now. At Sweet. Night. Yep. Hey, here's to that. Cheers to your Thank one Guinness you. a week. Thank you. Thank you. I, I guess I'll, I'll wait. I won't take a sip yet until Matthew yeah. reveals his choice. And actually, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's getting, getting to the heart of things note. here. It's like on a similar <laughs> note. Yeah, I think uh, both of us uh, and maybe many of you out there in the world during all of this uh, COVID isolation and um, sort of really taking a look at what to do in your house in the evening. And uh, rather than <laughs> exactly. examining your problems or fixing that thing you needed to fix, developing quite the antagonistic relationship towards alcohol and by antagonistic i mean you just want to destroy it by making it part of yourself and turning it into pee uh which i was doing far too much of far too much of so i myself am also going to and have been uh reducing the amount of uh swell i swell um and hopefully yeah i'm not gonna have beer in a house either and uh even though after you know uh whatever two three decades of drinking uh i finally have a beer fridge as of a couple months ago but i'm not going to keep beer in it anymore <laughs> um wow look at us or just a couple i'm just uh power yeah. positive drinking will be my drinking and uh that's what i'm story and i'm sticking to it oh, so tonight i have nice. yeah the uh focus and warlock mountain view black currant sour Hey, oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's got some, some Japanese mm. stuff on there, or Chinese. Uh, probably Japanese, Japanese, but yeah, it's Mountain View. 
which that is a good thing to be delicious. drinking. Yeah, yeah. And I even brought a glass to be civilized so that nice. I don't just pop like, it open, pour it in, suck it out of the bottle Let's like a toast. Let's, Let's toast, toast to all this uh, self-care and health and, uh, you know, 2022. Holy or shit. Or 2020, 2020, 2. What is Look that? that? Look at that beauteous That's thing. Black currant sour. It looks like beet juice. Cheers to both of you. Well, it's Listen, behind the scenes juice. a little bit before we drink. <laughs> it's been quite a while since we've recorded. Uh, yeah. Just so you guys know, we're dangerously close to recording to a near release date. So uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys soon. Uh, we're at the peak of the COVID wave, I think, for many states. Oh, so, so may when this get released, the wave be crashing uh, and subsiding. Yeah. But uh, I've sur- I've had COVID in my house. Uh, we've, damn. you know. Let's uh, let's all just make it. And uh, here's to you two. I missed you, nerds, and I'm glad to be back oh, talking about ah. no means no. Hey, so, cheers. Here we go. Drink. All right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm taking off work until my booster kicks in because I don't really want to bring Omicron home to my uh, Fuck, elderly dude. in-laws. Um, but I spent. Uh, I, I spent think you can get Omicron. Today. I think you. Can... Yeah, just yeah. by fucking eye contact. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you can get Omicron over Zoom. I think it's that transmissible, this shit. I feel like a moving target, man. Yeah. But but what were you doing today, Matthew? I want to hear about it. Well, my my state of mind out in the garage here, it it sort of got piled. Projects happen in here. It gets dusty. It gets messy. And it was really, like, bumming me out. So I spent five hours today uh, cleaning it up. And uh, so I'm in a better mood uh, for the podcast. Nice. Rather than seeing a pile of crap like i have been in the last couple <laughs> fuck you much much nicer out. also yeah. uh ladies and gentlemen guinness is real fucking good mm-hmm. uh, just for the record um, and good for you really as they say mm-hmm. even the pregnant ladies in uh, ireland apparently have them once in a while mm-hmm. explains a lot all right so uh <laughs> here we go we are now, I don't think we've got any other business, really, other than we just got to get back on the horse. It's been a while. I'm a little yep. rusty, uh, so forgive us. Um, we've got, as usual, my tagline, some interesting songs, some good lineups, good matchups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see where it goes tonight. Uh, we're going to start off with what I believe for most is a bona fide classic uh, that I adore. So our first matchup this evening. Type it in. Uh, oh, that's right. You don't. What you know what this matchup is, don't you? Oh, that, but you don't know our order. Yeah, I need. I need yep. uh, direction here. So let me do the order. Uh, our first matchup. Oh, nice. Is Rags and Bones off of Wrong, nineteen eighty nine, and also, of course, off of Live and Cuddly, nineteen ninety one, versus Slugs Are Burning off of All Roads Lead to Ausfart, two thousand and six, and nothing else. I don't think. So uh, two uh, very different songs, two very different eras, Mm -hmm. and I cannot wait to dive into this. I get to go first on this round. We're going to hear from our uh, lucky Pierre in the middle, Michelle, and then Matthew will uh, pitch cleanup for us. So before we start waxing about this song, hunker down, y'all. Shall be. 
Because there are eight million beautiful parts to this fucking song, very much so. No, I, I no... just want to say real quick as well. Like I'm not, I'm feeling a little rusty as well. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, hoping yeah. that um, because you know we're we're catching up as well, then maybe we'll. I feel free to jump in a little more on me if or whatever. So I'm not feeling super Vice mentally of, organized. Lots of going, yeah. lots been going on for me. So yeah, uh, yeah. Vice versa, unless it's a crab on your shoulder, then you just fuck right <laughs> off with it. So um, where'd he go? Yeah. This song to me is like their Crabby. ultimate or, or their, their top tier party song. You could bring, I like, I've dropped this song at so many parties. I feel like you can go to almost any party of any kind and put this on and it'll be all right. People are going to fucking rock out to it and go like, who the fuck is that? Uh, it's the song I used to blast in my dorm when I wanted people to come down and check it out. Cause uh. it's not, it's not too, I mean, it's very aggressive, but it's very like inviting in its own way. And it's just, uh-huh. it's so fucking groovy. It's groovy as shit. And I don't know that there's a more recognizable baseline of any of their songs. It's so like, you know, name that tune in half a note. And you're like, Rags and Bones. I fucking, I got yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's, oh my God. I love this song. Now I know on the other hand, it gets a little overplayed. I know even the band has talked about how like they always get asked to play it on tour and they, you know, they do it and they love it, but the contractual obligation albums yeah exactly i wonder if like (laughs) on some i wonder on some level if it gets a little overexposed but i don't fucking care this song is an absolute absolute then then don't write it if you're gonna be like that (laughs) no exactly this song is an absolute banger classic and i'm gonna go out on a limb i think probably the only punk song that's probably not true but about being a lowlife and joining the navy so uh there you go so uh what's this song about i'm going to talk about that a little bit before uh before we before i uh talk about the music a little bit more so rags and bones first of all what is rags and bones a the the rag and bone man which is like the only real reference i could find um but it makes total sense to me was like an old victorian uh uh role for someone who'd be super poor who'd wander around house to house collecting uh, old shit that people didn't want and trying to sell it to merchants. And they were called the rag and bone man. No shit. Um, so it's someone who's like super down on their luck, but still trying to make it going house to house, Aww. just fucking try doing their wares. Um, so that's interesting. And I think yeah. it, it ties into this whole thing. Cause I think the first half of this song, and again, it's just my fucking take on all this to caveat as normal, probably don't have to say it by now, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, this first half of this song of, of this song, before we get to that great bridge, um, seems to really be describing someone who's just fucking pissed down on their goddamn luck and just at the end of their rope. We, we start off with this really neat trio of lines. Christ was married on the cross. My father was married to my mother. And I'm married to a cigarette butt. 
lying in the gutter. So we have this neat thing they do in a lot of other songs where they start with kind of the most holy form of commitment that you can possibly have, which is Christ being married on the cross, which is definitely something that a lot of Christian sects talk about. They talk about the fact that that was Christ's wedding ceremony and he betrothed the church, which is a weird fucking thing. But um, that's a real, yeah, that's a real thing. So that's kind of like the most high version of commitment and sort of connection that you can imagine. Then we go down one concentric circle or maybe many concentric circles and you have the father and mother married to each other, right? Like that's something we all know about. There's another very common form of connection, but a little more relatable. But then our protagonist, they're married to a cigarette butt lying in the gutter, which could either be all of the cigarettes they're tossing out. But I tend to look at it more as someone who's so fucking addicted, so down on their luck that they're looking for those butts that they can smoke in the gutter, the ones that they can find, right? So you have this great step down from something so high and holy to just the absolute lowest that you can get. And then the next verse is, uh, well, then of course we get the chorus, rags and bones, are we finally alone? And I always hear this with a rags and bones, are we comma, finally comma alone? So not like, are we finally alone? Like, is everybody else gone? But meaning in the end, aren't we alone? Isn't that just the end of it? There's no other, like, you know, finally at the end, aren't we just alone? Um, And, and it just reads, that's always how I've read it. Um, And then white man, you're just starting to get the blues, which is a great fucking line, right? Which, I mean, I don't have to talk about that too much. You could read that all sorts of ways, any way you want to. But the way Rob delivers is so fucking oh good. Oh my God. And the syncopation so on it is so fucking good. Oh shit. Um, and then what is this person who's so, so down on their luck, who's just finding the blues for real? What, what do they do? They join the fucking Navy. I think they become a submarine operator. And this middle <laughs> verse, which was the verse that my, uh, the, the verse that my, uh, the friend of my friend in college, who I've talked about before, who thought No Means No was a satanic band. Oh, this yeah, was his, yeah. Yeah. This was his evidence, which is like, if you're listening to this, you probably aren't, but you fucking, what a dumb shit. Come on, give me, give me a break. Um, but come on, the beast has arisen, all sins are forgiven, oh. in the belly of the beast I shall be released, Whatever. she rises, captain, captain, dive, dive. Those are increasingly talking about someone who's stuck in the belly of a fucking ship, who is using nautical metaphors, I'm dead serious about this, using nautical metaphors to talk about the fact that they're in, they're on a fucking ship. And then we go to the next, uh, the next set of lines. I, if I could choose to believe or not to believe, you know, I would choose not to. Well, that's the fucking army. You you're in the army. You don't get a choice. You do what you're fucking told. And that's it. You're you're you've by signing up in the army, you've removed all choice from your life. You do not get that choice anymore. Choose to believe or not to believe. Uh, I, I would choose not to, but you can't fucking choose. And then the, the capper on all this theory of this being about, a submarine operator <laughs> That's um, who, who, who would have thought that I would be a sailor in the deep blue sea. That's how he ends it. Right. Like that's the end of the song. He, he basically is just telling us bow, that's bow, what the song is about. Um, which is a, when I really listened to the song that way. And I, I didn't always think about the song this way. I, th- I used to think of it more abstractly, but the more I listened to it with this view in mind, it really feels like that's what it's about. It's like a story song about someone who's really fucking down on their luck, says, fuck it. I'm going to join the military, gets in the military. And 
gets on a submarine ship, which has got to just be the weirdest fucking thing in the world. And then, you know, they're back in the shit, just have lost their will. They don't get to choose anything. They're just, just in the army now, boy, fuck it. Or in the Navy, I guess is, is rather. Uh, so they're the seven seas. I was going to say it's their YMCA song. Um, and it's about as recognizable for no means no fans as YMCA. So, or in the Navy for YMCA fans. So there you go. Um, so I stick behind that uh exegesis i think that's i think that's about as close as i'm gonna get to the meaning of this fucking song and frankly it doesn't fucking matter because this song just rocks this song just fucking rocks yes every note about it the way that the bass comes in on the left channel the guitar comes in on the right channel sandwiches you right in that fucking sweet spot in the middle you've got that gorgeous bridge with the you know uh, the beast has arisen where in every subsequent vert or every subsequent line they crank it up just a little bit more andy's voice gets a little more yeah. cranky the guitar gets a little more cranky yeah. tones. dive dive and i've always heard i always hear both dive and die they sound like he, andy's yes, enunciation exactly. goes both ways on yep, that right yep and then how could you fucking forget that just amazing fucking no means no it's not acapella because it's still got the drums in there but (laughs) that just that ending part where they're just scatting and rapping at the end of the so fucking good so so good funky Funky as shit this whole song is just dripping in funk from the bass line this is a great example. Andy has said before where he uses guitar as an object and not as an instrument. And he does that so much in this song in these beautiful ways where the bass is just out front. Pinnacle no means no. Absolute classic. If you don't love this song, I don't know what. You're a fucking idiot. So sorry, I've said it. Um, doesn't have to be your favorite, but I'll come on. second that emotion. Come on. Everyone loves this song, right? Everybody. Right. And you can play it for your grandma. Probably not. But you can play it for your roommate and they'll like it. Um, and if they don't, they're a fucking idiot. So yeah, I think I probably could have gone more into the fucking lyrics, but I think I made my case. So there we go. Mm. Uh, strange. I'm going to pass it over to you. What do you got for us on the secret sauce? Well, the first couple of lines I wrote were the beginning lyrics because I think they just grab you by the nuts and, and, and make you pay attention that Christ was married on the cross. My father, yeah. I, you, yeah, I, huh? What? Did you just whisper? I said, yeah. yeah. No, no, I said, no, no, yeah. No. Oh my God, they're so, so great. That's just, it's incredible. And the bass drum part. Come on, let's talk about that bass drum. Oh, the the drums, whoever mastered or recorded it. So oh my God. Yeah, it's really good drums. Hell. I love really listening good. to the bass drum in that. I love listening to John. But then. <laughs> Rob stands front and center with his bent masterpiece. And when he gets to my favorite part, I just about die. I remember sitting in the car with my boyfriend at the time, smoking cigarettes in the park at night. We weren't even fooling around. We were just sitting in the car at night <laughs> in the park, smoking cigarettes and playing this this tape that that, that was clearly going to like get destroyed because we played it so much <laughs> and, and the best part I, the the part when rob goes white man you 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 you're just starting to get the blues yeah <laughs> blues. Oh, oh my god who, who are these guys i remember yelling out in the car who the fuck are these guys hell yeah like you have this 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 tape this masterpiece and, and uh, you, it needs to be in a museum. I, 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 <laughs> no, come on. I, I have such a soft spot. I think it's in the archives. 
Well, good. Seriously. Yeah, and it recently got like you know congratulated by Canada with an award they won. But like this, mm-hmm. I just remember listening to this this tape in the car, just mouth open, drool coming out, eyes wide, cigarette smoking. Like who absolutely, the fuck are these guys? Absolutely. It's the kind of song that needs to be engraved on a gold album stuck on a spaceship oh and launched God. out into space for some other civilization. But then, but then they have the rest find. of the music on that album is just over here, and then they're killing it, and then you go over there, and they fucking kill it. I don't. I don't have any of this written. I'm kind of scared. I gotta stick to my notes here. No way, the man. man. Great part. The who are these guys part. The guitar is crunchy. It's celebratory, and once again, the perfect dressing for the sick salad. <laughs> Excellent. Um, that's it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And it is a solid. There's five or six different um, distinct parts that blend together like a beautiful salad with your dates mm-hmm. and cheese yeah. and yeah, it's like mm-hmm. whatever else. Um, yeah. I love that you said uh, it was a bent masterpiece because there's a pub in Victoria called the Bent Mast. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? <laughs> there it is. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Now, yeah. well, what do you got to say? Hopefully, Matthew? they made it through COVID. Well, right, I got to right. say that this is um, very, very frequently people's um, the first Nomi's No song they hear for some reason. I guess like yeah. um, it's what gets played for them. Um, so maybe because it's, you know, on the second side and mid- middle in the middle of the song, uh, middle of the uh, side, um, this may be the, the most common song that uh, people who are in the know about No Means No um, used to induct new members, <laughs> new addicts. <laughs> Come and join our cult. So, yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, yeah, very, very um, anthemic. And I, I'm, I, I'm glad you said what you said, uh, Jordan, because it might get a little. Um, it's not hacky, but because it's sort of like what's associated with them. People are like, "Ah, eh, it's rags and bones," and even the band, you know, it's it's. They're sort of expected to play this one, but it's still so fucking good. Like, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you I'm follow sure that? Yeah. Some of my favorite drumming. Satisfaction, but they're going to play it. Yeah. Right. Going to fucking yeah. play yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's totally. going to be mutiny. I wonder if the, uh, the, the funky aspect is making fun of uh, the chili peppers a little bit because they were sort of oh, coming up what? around the same time and fully hung out in Victoria a bunch. He was married to a, a woman from Victoria, apparently. Anyway, I don't, probably not. No, I doubt that Rob they would have been running in the same no circle somehow. Flea. Rob don't need no flea. Sorry. No, I think maybe that's what, that's what, I, that's what I meant. Anyway, musically, uh, we, we talked about the drum sounds, the bass drum sound, the snare oh, sound is fantastic. Okay. And this is maybe one of my favorite uh, hi-hat playing. That's how you play a hi-hat. Uh, the open hat is crazy. So, so incredible. Um I love the intertwining vocals. You actually have all three members yep. singing. Um, Rob and John are a little bit more uh, singing together. And then Andy does sort of the counterpoint, counterpoint, counterpart. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Um, let's see meanings. Um, yeah. Andy's actually I talk about Andy's vocals. So great as he gets more and more intense. Um, and it sort of gets associated the, with the guitar gets more intense, like really, really buzzsawy mm-hmm. um, guitar. Um, so incredible. Um, yeah. Let's see here. What else I got here? Um, I love the two notes. Over the She Rises part. It's just so intense. It's like somebody's cranking their knobs up. I don't know. It goes way beyond 11, I'd say. I 
I can't tell you how many times in this song, like I just I, that that bridge ends, and I just rewind it right to the beginning oh, of the bridge. Look and at it plays you. through, and yeah. I just rewind it. To yeah. the, I love that part so fucking much. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, in terms yeah. of uh, yeah, meaning and stuff, I, I think there's there's quite a bit to the. Um, I mean, it's is it Merle Haggard? The white man sings the blues. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit inspired by uh, Victoria is a very, very white, whitey, whiterson place, um, and so <laughs> it's it's also um, a resource town. Whiterson. And there's they, they, the Wright brothers would have been seeing like white poverty and the white rag pickers, because um, there's still rag pickers. I mean, he says a Victorian thing, but um, I can walk down to the Broadway commercial Skyway Skytrain station. There's people with shit laid out on a blanket that they picked up out of people's alleys and out of the, like the, yeah. the Value Village bin and everything like that. That's 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 a rag picker. That's a rag and bone folks. Um, and I think you had a lot to say about uh, the marriage. Um, you know, I, I think it's about disconnection um, from you know you're obsessed with the highest thing. You're married to religion. You're married to God, and then you're married to each other. You're like you're the father and mother. Your your husband and wife, married to a cigarette butt. Like mm. you're married to nothing. You don't you don't you don't value anything anymore. Um, yeah. Or you, what you value isn't anything. Um, so I think you know in some ways it is about poverty uh, and the rag and bone man. But I think it's also about our uh, our commitments and our interests and. Um, I think it's about obsession. It could be about addiction as well. Um, man, at work, I work in kind of a rough area of town and um, have a couple of smokers on staff. And there, there are dudes who come around and pick all the, the, the cigarette yep. butts. I have to sweep them up um, most yeah. mornings. Mm-hmm. So it, it is. And these guys are totally like focused on doing that. And they are focused on their addictions. I see... Um, people uh fixing like every, pretty much every second day at work i'd say um on my way to work or at, you know, behind the dumpster at work um so i think this song you is like about heroin is that what you're just talking about Doing oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yep, yeah yep okay yep mm-hmm. yep um mm-hmm. so victoria and vancouver have had um that sort of a problem for a really long time and it's certainly been a big part of the uh the punk scene so i, I don't know yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe it is the um, are we finally alone? Am I finally alone with my single interest, my single obsession, my single um, addiction? Um, so, so hang on a second. My computer needs to be plugged in. There we go. That's better. Grigson. Grigson has something to say about rags and bones. Grigson. He's named after Grigson, Colin sorry. Grigson. And if all the oh. British people on there, most people from Europe will know who Colin Grigson is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, about the uh, the nautical stuff, um, I do think that um, it's about literary reference uh, Moby Dick of course so a uh, sailor on the deep blue mm. sea and I'm in the belly of the beast and Jonah and the hey, whale yeah. um, you know you are consumed by your um, by your obsession uh, as Ahab was uh, I don't really know the story of Jonah and the whale but I think you know he was um, you know consumed by something as a metaphor for religion and then you know spat out and purified um, so who knows um, mm. she rises um, maybe it's just, uh, I'm, you're purified by having a single focus, a single interest. Um, 
who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, a song with a lot of uh, different potential meetings and uh, definitely an anthem. Um, I don't know ah, if I've ever thought so much about what the hell that means. Fucking good yeah. as the words. Ah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it is. It's one of those songs like in terms of the meaning, like I've ne- I focus on the meaning on a lot of songs. This has never been <laughs> yes, one of them. You do. Like, no, I just exactly. love the poet. I love the poetry of it. I love the like how the words are, the, the, how they sound, how they feel, how they make me feel. So it was weird to take a stab at it and go like, oh, yeah, let me actually try to exculpate a little bit. Figure out what it is. I never thought about it before, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the first stanza, the first lyrics so he good. uses, yeah. like, you know well, me. Christ, he's buried on the I, cross. I it's, yeah. It's like, what the fuck? How are you not going to listen so, to this? Yeah, how are you not, so not going to listen to this song? It no, grabs no. you by it's your nards. Yeah. Absolute pinnacle, no means no. Yeah. Yeah. R- really deep and dark and um, still very silly and fun. So yeah. there you go. Fun as hell. That's all there fun as hell. Yeah. Oof, 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 oof. Man. All right. They should all cook food, all of them. I know one is right now. And but... and I know both you feel this way too, but this song, I, I don't know, even if they got sick playing it live, it always was a fucking ride live. They kicked oh, the yeah, shit yeah. out of this song. Yeah. Every time it looked like a hell of a lot of fun. Well, and to play. they smiled when they played it, so I'm sure that was exactly. Tough. I'm sure I, yeah. that was tough so for them if they were good. bored, stupid. But hopefully, so they realized good. everybody hearing it was just jacked. You know. Well, the crowd. Yeah. All, every time yeah. I saw it, they would just go fucking nuts I when the song would come on. Yep. So yeah. It's a good tune. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Tune. Absolutely. I um, definitely have. Uh, have a little bit of disagreement about um, Cassie getting a song for the fact that I used to get um, elbows thrown in my face <laughs> during it. But uh, some of the some of the real bangers off of uh, Wrong, I I don't fault people for really getting into the music, but it almost seemed like uh, songs like Oh No Bruno, people were doing their intense little thing in their little you know cylinder. Um, this song was a little bit more like put your your arms on the shoulder of the dude next yeah. to you like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah 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 it's a, a little more the, the equivalent uh, of inclusive your, the equivalent of putting exactly the equivalent of putting the lighter in the air for the <laughs> yeah, no it's no show so yeah, yeah, yeah. so fucking good exactly yeah so good, yeah this so one good. feels a little bit more like community somehow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good way to yeah. put it that's yeah. exactly right exactly right all right anybody Uh-oh. else got any final thoughts on that one <laughs> i'm scared. i don't want to go to the next one why that's all right because i cuz i don't all right. Well, we're going to move. Matthew, you, you wrapped up? Yep. All right. So we're going to move on to Slugs Are Burning off of uh, Al's Fart. So uh, everyone, get out your fire extinguishers. Oh, let's do my phone's ringing. Just hang on a second. I don't know how to de- decline a call. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew! Uh, Answer it. Decline. Would <laughs> you like to extend the warranty on your vehicle? Exactly. <laughs> no. Sorry about that. It's the Navy calling. It's the, right. new, it's the new headphones that are um, yeah, now yeah, yeah. Uh, connected up to uh, my phone as well as the computer that I'm... Bluetooth. Yeah. Bluetooth. Yeah. All right, so we're going to have a little blue flame. <laughs> get those blue flames. Sorry about that, And uh, get out your slug... That's all right. Get your slug sickle out. Let's listen to a little of this.
know if either of you know. Interrupt me if you do. There was a song that John engineered, maybe Rob even played on for a different band, mm. but they wrote the music and it had different lyrics that was this song, no. like musically. Yeah, hmm. someone posted it on one of the boards. It was Slugs Are Burning. Like the music was Slugs Are Burning what? and it was before Ausfart came out. So the what? music for this existed before Ausfart. I remember hearing it and going like, what the fuck? This is Slugs Are Burning. And it was a different band a that different John... band completely. Completely different band. But John was playing on it and so was Rob, I think. But it was for a different band. So if you guys don't know, listeners, oh. take us to school because one of you posted about it. So anyway, this song existed before Ausfart. I, d- I do really like this song. I think it's a great closer on this album besides the hidden song, which we've already talked about. So I, I do really love it. I can't honestly. So I- I'm going to do something I have not yet done on the show, and I don't think I'll ever do it again. Strip naked. Nope. Well, no, I- that'll do again. So that's not coming now, though. Um, <laughs> I read there was an interview in 2006. I mean, feel um, free. With Alan, with Alan McInnes in. Yeah. Okay. In uh, oh, Alan McGinnis, no. oh my god, uh, on uh, on a website called Razor Cake, and he did an interview with Rob about out this album, uh-huh. and I read it. I read it way back then, and so I don't have any original thoughts about this song because mm. Rob talked about this song in more detail than I've ever heard him talk about any song ever, hmm. and so I just thought rather than me try to pretend I'm having my own views, I'm just going to read what Rob fucking said. Oh, do it because he says it real well and. That's what the song's fucking about. It's what I think of the song and kind of did anyway, but he says it better than I ever could. So I'm not going to pretend I came up with the shit. Let's hear what Rob has to say. So first of all, he also said this was his favorite song on the album. So there you go. It's about the joy of savagery and how really no intellectual or spiritual institution, religion, or political ideology can deal with that or has dealt with that successfully. They all deny it. They all want to get out of it. They all want to get away from it. They condemn it overtly or they dismiss it as being a mistake or ignorance. Even the Buddhists, who I think are the wisest of the established religions, really want to get out of that. But it's the crux, you know, fucking, eating, dying and the joy and relish, which which with which all the beasts, including the human beasts, indulge in that. It's the fire of life, basically. And it's dark. It's disgusting. It's frightening. I mean, the slugs themselves crawling over dead bodies, these symbols revolt us because we're afraid of this. And yet, at the same time, it's the life force, basically. Your appetite, being satiated. It's alluring, seductive. It's what produces children and what kills them off eventually. Mm. That's what this song came to be about. We all are creatures who are burning. We're full of energy, and eventually that energy will burn itself out and leave us as dust. That burning involves fire, desire, and it also involves destruction. And it has no morality, and it has its own agenda. A very simple one, and it doesn't give a damn about ours and any of our more sublime and sophisticated thoughts. Like I say, it's really something that no religion is able to deal with successfully except to maybe call it the devil and dismiss it and ban it, forbid it. Mm. Thou shall not commit adultery. There shall be no teen pregnancies. Okay, fine. Say that from now to doomsday. It doesn't make any difference. The weeds come through the cracks. Right, mm. right. The, interview, come through the, the cracks. interviewer then asks... Exactly. The interviewer then asks Wright about Satanists who claim to embrace these darker energies. Absolutely true. They do it the other way, the other extreme. They're equally foolish. They think they'll escape the horror of it by embracing it, by owning it, by being the master of it. But of course, they're still dying, you know? It's all a defense. Both the rigid virtuous and the dedicated demonic are all just trying to defend themselves against the life that's going to, like a tidal wave, just wash them away 
like it does everything. So fucking A, man, right? Uh, like, there's nothing more. What I, I, I'm not going to say anything better than what Rob said about it. Although one thing I didn't read that's at the beginning of that interview, if you haven't found it again, it's by, or if you haven't read it before, go and read the whole interview. It's fucking fantastic. Alan McGinnis on Razor Cake from 2006. Um, he also talks about the fact that he wrote these lyrics and they just came to him and he didn't really understand them. And it was like a year later, he finally read it and went, oh, now I know what this is about, which I thought was really incisive because it shows that what I've suspected is that Rob is a very intuitive writer and that he digs into a really deep place in him and it's not Mm -hmm, overly mm -hmm. constructed. That's, I think, one of the reasons it's so brilliant because it's from a place that's deeper than just the discursive mind that sits and tries to construct what the right rhymes and right lyrics are. To discover the real meaning of a song a year after you've written, that really says something about the creative process. I thought that was really fascinating. So I really like this song. It's very... um, Hanson-y, right in its in its construction um it, it again like it's it's way more Hanson-y on that other version i heard that doesn't have these lyrics on it which the lyrics were much more straightforward but it's really great it's really tight it's really dancey it's a great sort of energetic way to end it as he kind of talks about like it is dark lyrically but it also has this really sort of fucking just danceable energy it gives <laughs> yeah, you that life yeah. force that he's talking about underneath mm-hmm. it so it really does like juice you up when you mm-hmm. hear it it's only three minutes long. It's so fucking short. It doesn't feel like three minutes, but it's only three minutes long, which for them is like, that's a that's nothing, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a nothing song. Um, so I think this is a great song. Uh, it got an unfortunate pick this week uh, or pairing, but as Rob said, it's his favorite on the album. I don't agree with that, but I'm glad it is for him. And I love what he had to say about it. I think that's very incisive and I'm done. Michelle, what do you got? Oh, God, come on. Don't make me say anything after all that. Well, I didn't say it's Rob, so if well, you're going to diss the song, you're going to diss Even, Rob, even so, better. Like, you know, well, come on. I set you up to don't, fail. Don't, I don't want to say anything after Rob. You know, fuck me. Or not. I guess you're going to make... Right. you got to say something. Okay, Those are the I, rules. I don't make the rules. Okay. But you kind of did. I, I like this as a cool, straightforward piece. I was born. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now. <laughs> okay, I did write that it's rather Hanson-y, and that's never a bad thing, but it does have the same song structural components as a Hanson song. Not a bad thing. John is utilizing that epic quick-ending crash symbol that I love. I adore, and it's married with lots of quick attacks with the guitar and bass. The harmonizing vocals are a great touch to the piece mm. and give it lots of depth. Sometimes I I agree with what I just said, and sometimes I'm like, wait, like, what is that? That all sounded right to me. Well, no, no, no. Like, depending on the days, when I hear it or when I've heard it before, I I liked it. But then, you know, maybe I'll listen to it a few years later and hear it and be like, come on. I don't don't know. I got mixed, mixed emotions about it. It's a happy... It's happy no means no, which I'm glad they share so well together, but doesn't get me jacked like the usual stuff I'm attracted to. I yeah, I think that's all legitimate, man. I hope it wasn't bad what I said. No, fuck no. Okay. Fuck no. Oh, slugs. Let's let Matthew twist on the wind a little bit. What do you got, Matthew? Um, yeah, very... Uh... I haven't really given this song a lot of thought, uh, as is the case for a lot of the stuff on Asphalt, I guess. But uh, reading through the lyrics and everything like this, of, of course, it's easy to dismiss this 
song as because it's so happy sounding. It's so, you know, mm-hmm, Hanson Z, mm-hmm. it's like pretty straightforward musically and everything like that. Um, yeah, but um, initially I was kind of thinking that, um, you know, there's some sort of environmental thing to it, but I'm like, nah, it's Rob, right? So Rob, right. <laughs> it's Rob, right? Um, so <laughs> it's Rob, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, it's, it's about, it's a song about decay. And it's a song about, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the, the, the world is turning to like, uh, it's about, there's talking about vultures, talking about wolves, talking about sea worms. And of course the, the, the slugs, um, it, it's a, it's about the joy of death and decay. And just like, you might as well exult in it so because, awful. you know, mindless scavengers and decomposers, like they're, they're, you know, dead eyes staring at the moonlight. Um, you know, if you've ever spent time in the forest, if you've ever spent time in the forest by the ocean, uh, I don't know, maybe because of where I'm from, uh, this song resonates for me a bit because I've spent a lot of time, uh, not just as a, an, a high idiot in my twenties, but like as a little kid <laughs> staring into, <laughs> um, tide pools, um, at the, the, the margin of the, of the water and, you know, kind of yeah. looking at and just being marveling at the, the incredible drama that grow, goes on in like a fucking mucky pool of water in the rocks. You know, you're looking at these things that are preying on each other. They're trying to mate with each other, um, trying to, you know, kill each other. And they're like, you know, hermit crabs fighting each other to live in the shell of something else that's dead. Um, so there's just all of this stuff that's going on. Um, and it reminds me of uh, one of, unfortunately he doesn't listen because he gets too anxious from podcasts um, these days, but uh, our Irish listener, Sean, who sent in or not Irish, fan, he sent in some of his stories near the beginning, even though he doesn't listen to the podcast. And yeah, it, yeah, Sean, sure. he came out, he came out from Ireland, Kilkenny, Ireland, where he's from. Um, and uh, we went to see No Me's No in Tofino. Um, which is uh, on the west coast of Vancouver Island. And um, I provided in pill form Sean's first happy bridge, let's say. So he had a particularly (laughs) nice, good time at that show. And then after the show, we went walking out into a cove and it was a very, very low tide. And um, Sean just couldn't believe it. This is like, you know, less than less than 24 hours i think after or 36 hours something like this after he had arrived in vancouver uh for the first time as i think he was a 20 year old at the time um and we went stomping around on the tide flats (laughs) went stomping around on the tide flats after having seen no means no high as fuck and um there is bioluminescence uh alive in the sand Oh, so you can nice. s- stomp on it, stomp on the sand in this like whoa, this sort of circle of blue <laughs> oh, bioluminescence oh, like b- bursts out from around your feet. So I mean, the, just the first line: slugs are burning, see the phosphorescence. You know, there's yeah, and you know, there's all these little critters in the sand. They're just like the the littlest thing, and uh, it's so incredibly beautiful. And these uh, stupid high monkeys, sweaty. And uh, and and gross and drunk and crushing them to light up, right? Like I, crushing I them to death so that they. I don't light think up. it actually squishes them. I think they just respond to the. Probably anyway, not. That, that's what yes, I would like yes, to yes. think. Yes, that's what I like to think. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, it, it's it sort of connects with me. The all of the 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 forests and coastal imagery. Um, I'm I'm sure that 
you know, it inspired uh, Rob on some level. It has to have. Um, but yeah, some of the stuff they talks about, you know, the, the finds their methane blue methane is a, is a breakdown product from decay. Um, and it is, um, totally explosive. So it's it totally goes back to what you're, what you're talking about. Um, in, uh, the, the quotes from, from Rob that, uh, you know, it's a fire, um, there's fire mm-hmm, and destruction mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. fire and decay as well. Um, yeah. Uh, interestingly, the, I had never really noticed this, uh, dance with me cause I'm a little devil and you're a demon too. And then two, uh, stanzas on dance with me cause I'm a little demon boy and you're a devil too. I guess like the devil's the boss and the demon is like his, um, flunky sub. and sort of yeah. switch, switching, switching up the roles. And then, yeah, every breeze that whistles through the desert calls a mating tune. Yeah. That dry, desiccated Sirocco blowing through the desert and it's blowing over the chattel tremble in the stable because they know it's time to soon. I mean, man, this song is so happy. It's about slaves waiting to like for, for their fate being sold on uh, through the desert. See the heel of the jackals cackling in the dunes. They try to escape. They're going to get eaten up. It's so Um, beautiful. The lyrics slugs are burning. The wings are turning as the vultures crossed the moon. Um, So yeah, it is. I, I totally hear what, you were saying and what Rob was saying that it is a song about the exaltation of um, death, decay, um, life. It's all the same thing. Uh, you can't escape it. Um, open your arms to it and breathe it in because there's nothing you can do about it. No, exactly. Um, and and, and uh, that it's at its purest form. When you touch it, it's yeah. both that, fire that burns and the fire that gives life, right? Like you got to grab that fire. It's going to fucking burn your shit, but you got to do it. I found it interesting too, that I'd never noticed this one lyric here. Here are the howls. They're howling at the yellow halo that shines around the moon. They're not howling at the moon. They're shining. They're howling at the halo. What did he mean by that? (laughs) I need more time to think about this one. It's, it's crazy. And, and yeah, and I don't know, like, I, I think a lot of like Rob, a lot of this came from his subconscious. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know that, you know, that, you know, it's overly constructed in that way. It's so poetic, this fucking song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, they, they're howling at the yellow halo. They're howling at the effect from the moon anyway. Um, yeah, again, needs more, needs more time. Great song. Um, way too, way more to it than, uh, I had, uh, kind of given it credit for in the past. And I love yeah, it. I don't think I would have heard this without my brand spanking new headphones that I can receive calls nice. from on at, during nice. the podcast, apparently that <laughs> there's very, very faintly at the end, just for, I just like a, a second and a half, you hear crickets. Right at the very oh, end. Oh, I haven't heard that. Is that right? I'll have to re-listen. That's yeah. awesome. Shit. Just, just faintly, nice. faintly, faintly. Ooh, yeah. what a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah well, I mean, anyway, it, it just, it, about this it. song, <laughs> this song goes to show that there's, you know, the, 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 I often will not dismiss the more Hanson Brothers songs, although I think many people think that we do. I don't. I love them, mm-hmm. but I maybe don't take them as seriously in the same way. But this is one of the, I think probably to me, this is one of the most Hanson-y of the Hanson songs, but with the most Rob, Robbie Rob lyrics mm-hmm. like they're so beautifully crafted mm-hmm. and just reading this as a poem is a real yeah. fucking experience like it's I'll take your hands and Im- give you a rub yeah the imagery is dripping with just fucking decadence it's amazing mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, oh. we got to vote. So we're going to put up rags and bones versus slugs are burning. Who's going to win? I vote first and I'm not going to hold anyone suspense. It's rags and bones for the win for me. Michelle, your vote, please. I want to hold it up like I'm on the match game. Rags and bones. Yeah, oh, I just no, see white paper. But yeah. There it is. Rags, rags and bones, bones too. Rags me. and bones goes through. Yep. Matthew, what's your uh This is one of those ones. Here? And yeah, as um, you were saying, you know, I was sort of, my, my knee jerk might have been a little bit that Rags and Bones is the most popular song off the most popular album. And maybe it's a little overblown. And I was listening to it from that standpoint, like, oh, hey, well, maybe obviously it's going to be a heavy, heavy favorite of anybody that you mentioned it to. So I really wanted to give it a real listen and a real fair shot. Um, it still wins against. It still wins. <laughs> yeah. Against Slugs Are Burning. But it's I think. earned it. Slugs, if um, if it had gone up against a bunch of other songs, it, it probably would have prevailed for me because it's uh, it, again, it's it's a nice contrast that uh, such a not nihilistic, just like raw subject matter and uh, raw. Such a yeah, fun, exactly. It's not nihilistic. Fun, yeah, no, such a fun and bouncy song. So I have to give it to Rags and Bones um, because Rags and Bones is just a really fucking good song. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, like good. I say, it's slug, 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 slugs. It's like, uh, it's, it really does punch uh, more weight than I uh, had given it credit for, and I hope that uh, maybe some listeners and maybe that it uh, gets back in the rotation. Absolutely. Yep. But slug. you know, this Rags and Bones, is a, yeah. Bones is a classic for a reason. Is a re- uh, I can't talk anymore. Classic for a, a reason. A pyroclastic has gotten to me, folks. <laughs> yes, pyroclastic. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, well, uh, it's that time of the evening for us to dip into listener submissions. And uh, you all fallen off in your jobs. We have not gotten any real new ones in a while. Guys! Um, so Guys, we're yeah. going to dip back in. And uh, we've promised to play some of the older ones that we only played part of before. So we're going to do that tonight. But just as a reminder, Matthew, why don't you tell people uh, what they want on our game show and how they can, um, how they can uh, please, 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 please send us in some shit. So um, I kind of try and sprinkle our podcast around other uh, Facebook groups and stuff. Yeah, you do. They don't spend that much time. Um, So it's on the Punk Canada site or group. I put put it in a cardiac one, and um, I thought that might be interesting. Mm -hmm. And we did get a couple new, uh, at least, members to the Facebook group. I don't know if they come around and actually follow the link and make it to the podcast itself. I hope, but we did get a few people after I did that. so if there are any new listeners or old listeners who've forgotten what the hell uh, we've asked you to do, we actually don't really care what you do as long as you do it. Anymore. But a good place to start is tell us your no means no origin story. Tell us what no means no means to you. And if you have a meaningful anecdote to do with no means no, um, whether you saw them, whether you've seen them a million times, whether you heard them at a party and had a good conversation, made a friend, um, tell us that stuff and send it into so uh, cool No Means here. Nothing Podcast, No Means Nothing Podcast at gmail.com. We've had some incredible submissions and people really like to hear mm-hmm. it, it seems. So um, oh, if you're out there it. listening and you have not submitted, please do so. Um, you can send it to there. You can um, just let us know what you want to do. You can type it out. We'll read it. Um, we can help you with the technical aspects if you uh, have difficulty with that sort of thing. 
Um, but uh, hey, or you can. Or call us. Yeah. We've got a phone number, folks. But spam us with phone calls. Caveat. No, don't. Yeah, you'll have to spam us because uh, apparently there's a limit of three minutes on per call. So uh, try to do it in bite sized chunks, um, but call as many times as you want, please. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm going to give you that number now. The number is 415 493 8630. That number again is 415 493 8630. Jerry Lewis Telethon. So give us a call, folks. We're going to dip back into the well, though. And there's another really, really good podcast. You don't know Mojack. And they send mm-hmm. us in a answer to each of our questions three early on in the podcast when we were asking for this. Thank you guys again. Yeah, they go and through the only... SST catalog. Yeah, we yeah, only, that's right. SST catalog. That's right. And we only played one of their recordings for from before. So now we're going to play their No Means No anecdote. So buckle up. And let's all hear that together. Here we go. Hello, my name's Ryan. My name's Brand. And we're from the You Don't Know Mojack podcast. Okay, Ryan, third question asked by the No Means Nothing podcast is, do you have a funny or interesting No Means No story? I have two that I two. thought of. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I have more than one, but this is my favorite one because I I live in Canada. I got to see No Means No a number of times so i'm really lucky for that and and as i mentioned in a previous answer they were really one of my gateway drugs into punk rock the whole indie scene the whole underground music subculture and and you know fast forward a few years after i had first seen and was introduced to no means no i was uh, helping out at local underground indie clubs and uh, they were coming through. This was the Ultra B Day and Alice Donut tour, oh, and they needed a place to stay. And everyone knew that No Means No was my favorite band, <laughs> and and I asked, and my parents said yes, that No Means No could stay at our house. <laughs> so this is this is the tour where it's two drummers. This is the Worldhood of the World tour. Rob is wearing his uh, like Porsche jersey for these shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they're driving in two big white vans because, again, like they've got two drummers, two ju- drum kits, two. They've got their uh, roadie Booza from Australia with them. Anyways, uh, after the show, I get a ride home to my house uh, with No Means No. We stop at Sev because uh, Rob wanted to get some food. We get to my house. I, sh- I show them quietly down to the basement. This is where all the mattresses and hide-to-beds are for you guys. We stay up for a bit. Um, I'm too young to drink at this point, but they have they have some beer, and we watch the TV show The Cisco Kid. Anyways, uh, everyone goes to bed eventually. Wake up in the morning. There, Robin John's sister is a professor at the university, a law professor as well. She comes over for breakfast. Booza, who slept on the hammock outside overnight, <laughs> um, made. Uh, pancakes with bananas in them for everyone. And uh, we got some autographs by the band, uh, one on an 8x10 that I have on my wall to this day. Also got, uh, because like it was, this was a big deal for my family. My sister is, you know, a few years younger than me, has no idea. These are my favorite band. Surely they are internationally 
known rock stars. My sister needs to get their autograph too on her trombone case <gasps> where, oh my where Tom Holliston writes, enjoy your slush pump on the, <laughs> on the trombone case. And uh, I, I ended up, you know, over the years becoming somewhat a, a bit of a pen pal with uh, Tom as well, too, and trading tapes. And that was kind of the, the start of it. And oh, so, like, yeah, like it was a uh, amazing, amazing um time that i'll always remember and i'm I'm pretty sure i'm remembering it pretty darn close wow <laughs> awesome man uh oh, i'm gonna give you two quick ones because i love both of these stories one it relates to your tape trading i that tour that you just talked about i made a bootleg recording of them live in calgary alberta canada on the worldhood tour on a cassette recorder gave it to you forgot all about it <laughs> And way, way later, you uh, told me that in all your tape trading that that was one of the recordings that had been digitized mm-hmm. and yep. and traded online. And I had forgotten I even made it. So <laughs> I, you probably pointed me out where to find it or whatever. And I downloaded it and listened to it and had completely forgotten that the recording starts with me and my friends getting, I believe, <laughs> what we refer to on the recording as primed (laughs) Brent what are you doing getting primed yeah primed in our world was getting high as a Georgia pine and drinking in the parking lot and (laughs) and so and my favorite thing about it is the track listing on this digital recording track one I believe it was was even titled dudes getting primed (laughs) 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 so that was super fun for me to remember you know to to listen to that years later and and remember about that but my favorite story is i book at a club in saskatoon have for many years and i booked the handsome brothers i booked no means no several times i booked removal i booked pigment vehicle i booked Ah, the showbiz Showbiz giants Giants. Giants. uh all those bands booked ford pier ford pier and royal grand bricks yep and tom holliston solo many times and I love No Means No, I love Tom, but Tom didn't have the best draw as a solo artist, unfortunately. So he and I were spitballing one time about ways to bring more people out to his show, and he said, well, how about this? You're a university town. I have for years been killing time in the van on tour by making up Jeopardy games for me and the band to play on the road, like trivia. What if we do jeopardy and i host it oh i host jeopardy God. you find some trivia people and then i'll play songs in between rounds <laughs> and this <laughs> i thought it was a great idea we the club i i book at has trivia night so i knew a lot of trivia people that are you know play trivia every week so i made up this poster with i photoshopped uh tom's face on alex trebek's uh, <laughs> f- you know face and made a yeah. punk rock jeopardy poster and a Turn lot of Ferguson. people came out for it. A lot of trivia people. And I kind of, I asked kind of some local trivia, I don't know if, people really well known in the trivia scene to be contestants. And, and they came up on stage like Jeopardy style. So hang on, is there a trivia scene? Is there such a thing? Oh yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> okay. people that are really into it. Okay. So I was like, no, none of these people knew who No Means No or Tom Holliston even were. I was like, yeah, we're going to do this trivia thing and it, you're going to be up on stage like it's Jeopardy. 
So I had a bunch of them up there and <laughs> the way Tom set it up is if you want to ring in, everyone had a mic in front of them, like at a podium, like Jeopardy. And if you want to buzz in, you just say the word bum. That was Tom's suggestion. And like nobody was buzzing in and we t kept taking intermissions and Tom would play and stuff. And like all these trivia people were coming up to me going, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I have been playing trivia for 20 years and I've, this is the hardest trivia I have oh, ever nice. played. No, hardly anybody this? knew any of the answers. And uh, Tom at one point came up to me like kind of sheepish and, and just goes, Geez, man, I thought this was a college town. <laughs> I thought they were smart. So, you know, if that's any indication of like what's going on in that no means no, no tour van, wow. super smart, cool. super smart dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Count me in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Well, thank you to both of you again for your submissions. If you're still listening, listening to this podcast, it's been 20-some episodes since you sent those in. Yeah, it's pretty uh, close to a year right now, isn't it? Happy it's, year, it guys. It is almost a fucking year. I actually wanted to see that. It, is it? I, gotta, I meant to go check and see if it was our year anniversary, but it's fucking damn close. Yep. But first of all, those two guys have some of the best radio voices I've ever heard. Oh, man. totally, they, that, right? That, oh, my God. And Holy they're so shit. Canadian, you know, that, that so way Canadian. they say stuff is so funny. Oh, I love, I love it. it. I love it. I don't so have thank that you, accent. Thank you both. No way. No, you don't. No, not, you don't. Not as bad as those guys do. Uh-uh. So I can do it, but I don't both. do it. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I'm just going to pause for a second here because Matthew appears uh -oh. to have frozen. Oh, no. Uh -oh. And his audio uh, seems to you guys just stopped. Uh, also oh. be gray. So we may have lost oh, Matthew, and we're just going to pause here. And we may take a... Oh, can't he's back. Anything. Okay, there we go. Now oh we my can't. God. He's back. Oh, oh. You guys just froze. <laughs> I couldn't you. hear anything. We, we no, insulted you his Canadian. No, you froze. <laughs> I insulted oh, wow. Yeah, we got the Canadians. dots of Canada came down. That was a little scary. <laughs> yeah. That was scary. All right, that was awesome. Now we're going to head into round two, which is a really fucking weird matchup. So we're going to start round two with Lifelike off of Dance. Oh, nice. That's all right. Two. Lifelike. That was very lifelike, by the way. Yeah. Off of Dance of the Headless Bourgeoisie. Actually, off the re-release, more likely, 1998. was not on the original track. Um, on the original LP, rather. Uh, and then that's going up against John Instrumental. Off of 0 plus 2 equals 1 and a half mm -hmm. from 2010. Mm. And first, we're going to let Matthew talk about this lifelike song, but let's listen to a little bit of this genuine original fake. In the morning, I walk beneath the shining sun, my steps reverberate in beat with the mothers of humanity. Those murmurs fill my ears with the voice of God I never hear as I walk along that busy street. And though there's nothing left to see, the streaks of the tears of
to Europe. So yeah. it's an interesting pairing because people probably don't know. <laughs> Some people don't know these songs. I yeah, certainly, right. they, they both sort of uh, were available, available to me. Uh, the John instrumental, oddly enough, uh, I have talked before about the tape that I had um, maybe 10 or 12 years before it was actually oh, released, right. but this one wasn't on it. So I didn't hear this until 2010. Mm. Um, and lifelike was not available to me because it's the only example I can think of. Um, and I'm, I'm not a really a vinyl guy. So it's one of the only examples I can think of where there were songs on the vinyl that were not available on the CD. So I That's only could hear right. youth and lifelike when I was doing my radio show at, at CFUV in Victoria. Um, so, That's right. um, uh, yeah, so I could only hear it at the radio station, and uh, not many, not many people had vinyl at the time. Really, it wasn't uh, sort of before the vinyl renaissance. I I know there's probably vinyl purists who's like, well, it didn't didn't really ever go away, mm-hmm. and so uh, <laughs> fuck you. Um, <laughs> vinyl songs. Yeah, so until the re-release um, on the CD, I didn't have access to these um, these tracks because it was also probably before it was easy to download stuff. Yeah, so um, interesting song. Um, uh, listening to my headphones, which I'd never really done. I got new headphones. I may have mentioned this because I got a phone call on them, but they're very nice, and I'm hearing all sorts of detail that I may never have heard before. And uh, one of the things that I kind of don't like about this song is how separated right and left it is. Um, it's it's like a mastering thing. I don't know whether it was intentional or whether this this is the best version they had because it was a, a bit of a. Um, I don't think these were their favorites, um, if because they were not on the canonical release. Um, right, right, right. But uh, yeah, the uh, guitar and bass are kind of you know very much um, hand in glove, but they're a little hard to hear, um, and they're very much only in the right channel. Um, and the uh, the keyboards, which are really all over this, maybe it's the most keyboardy yeah, yep. song I can think of, are um, is in in the left mm-hmm. side, and the drums are in the middle. Um, so the the guitar and the bass are incredible, and I think I would like this song more, uh, and I would probably listen to it again and come to like it more than I have liked it in the past because I felt it was a little maybe too keyboardy <laughs> um but the the bass and, and guitar are fantastic um you just can't hear them very mm-hmm. well um the piano or organ or whatever he's using there um we do have an expert here so please forgive my ham-fisted uh, oh. attempts um yeah the the hey. plus plus what, what is what does john call it nanners <laughs> What's oh, his oh yes john calls pianos nanners Yes. So now, I, now like. I call now I call pianos nanners. So this one's chock full of nanner, um, but it's like a harpsichord <laughs> nanner. So it's it's really yeah. Um, it does sound like harpsichord. Kind of harpsichordy, classicaly kind of thing. It reminds me of this band, um, the Capricorns, who were fantastic. It's just these two women who would just smoke and play keyboards, um, and it's all very kind of harpsichordy <laughs> classical arrangements with kind of like. Uh, poppy love song type but it, this song reminds me of the capricorns which is very strange to me um that? i feel like uh some of the transitions are a little awkward uh in this song mm-hmm, but i do like mm-hmm. a lot of it as well um there's a very castlevania mm-hmm. part 
there's very chugging it's like kind of metally um but it's so very castlevania and i'm sure people are going oh yeah it is out there somewhere because it is um i am now i hadn't thought of that but absolutely spot on yeah what the fuck is castlevania it's an old video game on the nintendo entertainment system i was never a video game guy but i really liked castlevania because of the music um And I think a lot of people are that way. Um, there was a band called The Advantage who would cover old uh, Nintendo songs. Like, they is like a full bit. band. Yeah, but no, but uh-huh. not really. It's 8-bit, but it was really, really well orchestrated and everything. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. th- th- that's, I digress. Um, it um, feels in little bits of the song like it could have been tightened up a little, like they're going through the motions a little bit. I, I like it, though. Um, some of the lyrics are, are really great. Um, thematically i think it's quite similar to a lot of no means no songs where it's quite disconnected you go through the motions you get up in the get up in the morning and um you're not quite connected with the world it's it's life-like you're not actually living um you're just sort of going through the motions um and maybe you're starting to see see the edges the edges of that um where are my friends today what game shall we play um nothing looks in their hearts. I can't see nothing looks back at me. So um, maybe it is a a feeling like this guy is waking up a little bit and there's really nothing real out there, um, including himself. Um, Some great parallels uh, in the lyrics. I really like this divinity and grace of etched like lines, the face of God, but here it's very odd as miracles abound, but they drown out the sound of tapping fingers, something like that. Um, And then the parallel was uh, the streaks of the tears upon my cheeks are lifelike. So maybe it's a little bit like, you know, the divinity and grace of etched like lines on the face of God is like the streaks of the tears upon my cheeks. So this unity of divinity, um, you know, this guy is starting to recognize that everything is really quite beautiful. Um, His miracles abound, but they're drowned out by the sound of tapping fingers. What are the tapping fingers? Is it impatience? Boredom. Is, Is it distraction? Is it like people just like, Unable to f- unable to focus. I'm unable to step away from what they're doing. Every, unable able to step away from their routine, and um, see the world for what it is. See the actual life rather than just the life like. Um, hmm. Yeah, a face for every devil take. Life like the genuine original fake in the lies you tell to me. A re- reasonable facsimile. Um, yeah. I guess that's about all I have to say. Um, musically, I like. Um, the part at the end, especially where he goes up an octave, life, like yeah, he, yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of, the sound really opens up, and it's almost like um, it's really quite tight and constructed, and um, you know the, the the keyboards are really quite intense and busy, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's sort of like maybe the, their way of kind of representing the sort of the distractions, and then it kind of opens up at the end, and it, it feels more open, like you're kind of standing on a hill and you're away from all like the little worker bees, <laughs> the drones of the golems. Um, and like, Oh yeah, here, here's the sunset. Here's the hills. Here's the forest. Here's the air. Um, it's a little bit more soaring towards the end. Um, so maybe uh, it is a, a song about waking up. Um, hmm. That's about all I got. Nice. nice. Yeah. All right, Michelle, where are you at? I wrote, whoa, sounds like a John composition on the piano, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Or, excuse yeah. Me, the, <laughs> who, the who else is it going to be? <laughs> Nanner. <laughs> yeah, Nanner. Nanner this pancakes. Great, 
banana pan- with with bananas in them. You gotta mm-hmm. put the bananas in the pancakes. Mm-hmm. This is a great piece with lots of different avenues they turn on to with cool musical ideas. I personally like the song that sound songs that sound mechanical, and this one has lots of examples of that. Not sure I've ever heard them play this before, as there's pretty hefty keyboards continued throughout it. It's a cool piece that once in a while dips into some rush type vibes. Am I mm. wrong? Am mm. I wrong? No, no it's got the proggy, proggy bits. A little rushy. Yeah, a little bit, maybe. A little, a little rushy. I'm sure the lyrics bring a completely different wonderment to the piece, for there's something very hopeful and sincere about them. Russian? Huh? Oh. <laughs> Russian. Yeah, it's yeah. Russian. It's Russian. Russian. So... Nice. So, yeah, I, I, oh, prob- we are talking about lifelike from <laughs> Dance of the lifelike. Harris Bourgeoisie. <laughs> is lifelike. So, I, I, I adore this song. I really, 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 really like this song a oh, whole hey. fucking lot. I was just Whoa. talking to Parker about it on a walk. Um, and there are times when, kind of like you, well, I don't know, I, I heard a little bit of what you were talking about, Matthew, in terms of the, the production of it where I've had some issues with it, where I wish maybe the bass was a little bit more out front and that they could have been tuned a little bit more. And Parker was really taking me to school. He's like, no, fuck that. Like this song is brilliant because it eschews no means no's normal production where they put the bass out front and they allow the, the, the piano or or the harpsichord, as you put it to be out front. (laughs) He's like the way that it mixes it up makes it all the more brilliant because it takes a chance and puts something else forward that they normally don't. And that's to him, one of the reasons he really, really loves this song. I also happen to know that Andy, I hope I'm not giving anything away. Andy really likes this song a lot and doesn't really Mm. understand why people don't love it more. Um, I've seen a lot of people just sort of throw this song to the side. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's okay. I don't get it. I think this song is fucking, I'm not gonna say it slays. It's the wrong verb for this. I don't (laughs) use that verb anymore, but I, I just fucking love this song. And Ah. before I talk about the meeting a little bit, because Matthew, I think you got a lot of it spot on in terms of what, what I think too. I'm going to more slowly read two of the stanzas because I think they are utterly, utterly brilliant. Uh, and you said some of these lyrics, but I want to say them in full. So the first stanza is the one where he says, a million souls await the call to rise and sing. They stand in Paul while in the clouds, the angels count the myriad things. Divinity and grace have etched like lines upon the face of God. But here it's very odd. His miracles abound, but they are drowned in the sound of tapping fingers. The cadence with which he says all of that and the beauty underneath it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The way that this song is about, and and you touched on this too, the utter banality of this simulacrum that we find ourselves living in. But there's that crack underneath it the whole way through where this person is starting to see the light coming through. Like even in the beginning, there's just the great stanzas of, you know, lifelike, a place to live and clothes to wear. Lifelike, starting here and ending there. Maximizing time and space. But then... All this and so much more, light floods the open door, blood rushing to my head, I'm standing on the edge. Like, he's seeing through the cracks, he's seeing something else. I got that sense too, that there's, this person is aware of the, 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 the vapidity, the vapidness that they're living in and the entire world around them, which is really just a simulation of life, but they see the, 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 the life behind it. And I think that last verse 
uh, which goes in the morning. I walk beneath a shining sun. My steps reverberate and beat with the mutters of humanity. Those murmurs fill my ears, but the voice of God, I never hear as I walk along that busy street. And though there's nothing, nothing left to seek the streaks of the tears upon my cheeks are lifelike. This feeling that this person is sensing this aching beauty in the most banal here they are just walking among the humans who are just going about their fairly empty, vapid lives, maybe just doing their fucking thing, muttering, muttering, chattering, uh-huh, chattering. Uh-huh. But still, they're overcome by the beauty of it. I don't think these are tears of sadness. I think these are tears of being overcome by the beauty of the moment, of the sheer miracle of just existence itself. Not in a religious sense or even a spiritual sense. Just in that, you've probably, I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you just kind of sit back and go... Holy fucking shit, I can't believe all this exists. Often that's in the face of nature or something like that, but right, you can right. feel it in the throng of humanity as well. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that that line of, you know, it's drowned in the sound of tapping fingers. That is so fucking gorgeous. What an amazing way to put it. This sense that we're surrounded by miracle all the fucking time and yet we're totally inured to it. We're just mm-hmm. and I love what you said Matthew about Yes, I, I always read it as sort of like, you know, you're tapping your fingers, but it, it's very well just sitting at the fucking keyboard tapping your fingers and just bullshitting your day away, right? Like, it's the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Just distraction, boredom, whatever. But we're surrounded by these fucking miracles all the time. Just the the fact of existence itself is a miracle. And I think the, the poetry of this song is absolutely gorgeous. And I love the vitality, the energy of the music, how... It has like a, a sort of nihilistic message, but it doesn't. There's that those cracks that come through in, inside of it that this, this person is seeing through it, seeing the light through it. And that's the energy of the music to me. It's that energy of like always moving forward and something beautiful just around the corner. And that ending that both of you have talked about, I get chills every time I hear yeah, that when yeah, he goes yeah. up the octave and he says yeah. it like that is... That is the beauty just screaming through Mm -hmm. and it it just gives me chills every fucking time. And musically it's a, it's one of their insane calliope pieces. You know, John just on like clearly I think this is a John song and composition compositionally. It's just amazing. I know Tom, I think has said that this is his least favorite no means no song because of their production. So there's that. Um, and I, you know, again, I'm not sure exactly how I feel about the production. I do think um, Parker's kind of right. It's one of the reasons I actually really love it is because it puts something else out front that they don't normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that I your son discussed with you something that is totally your thing and like took you to took you to task on it. That's oh, great. Yeah. No, no, we, <laughs> you're, you're, no, no, you're, you're, da- you're dad incorrectly in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. I confirmed with him today nice. that in round two he's going to come on and and talk with us about it. Good. So I can't wait to I can't mm. wait to have him on. You better as a wear guest. shirts too. I want to see those. Yeah, shirts. yeah, yeah. Um, assuming so it anyway, makes it through. I, assuming it, no, any song like I. With, he's oh, okay. got other ones. This is not his favorite. This is not his favorite. He's got. I think. Um, I won't say what his favorite is. We'll let wait till right. it comes up. No, that's cool. Anyway, I I really really like this song. I think it's a great end to the album. I mean, I, mm-hmm. this, so was uh, uh, One Fine Day, of course, in a different way, right? That's the real end of that album. But this mm-hmm. is a great coda and two really weird songs to to tack on the end. Youth yeah, yeah. and Lifelike are very out of character for No Means No, which is why I love both of them. I, I like this one more than um, Youth. I think me too for different reasons. Um, 
I think it's the bee's knees. Fucking love it. Fucking yeah. love All it. All right. Look at I that. I was going to say, just added something on that occurred to me when you were saying about the, um, you know, the seeing through the cracks and, and starting to feel moved by the beauty and the tears coming down his face. I think there's a lot of loneliness in that as well, that, uh, mm-hmm. nobody, that, it, that nobody else is experiencing it. So he's yeah. um, experiencing the beauty, but also the tragedy that, it, you know, uh, he's he's alone and um, oh, experiencing man. it. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, very layered, very layered. Yeah. Rob, Rats. right? Robbie. Am I right? Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to uh, number two, which is the John instrumental mm-hmm. off of zero plus two equals one and a half. Let's hear a little bit of that banger right now. Lots of different bits to it. Um, it is certainly a um, says John right in the right in the name. John instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I love the ominous kind of uh, chorus part. I don't know if I'm saying the uh, the bits of the song right, but uh, then um, it goes into a groove uh, where the guitar and bass are very much in sync. Um, yeah. I love the open chords in the bridge, uh, but I also like how it's cut short a little bit like sort of it's only one or two bars and then they go into something else that reminds me of the Simpsons theme. <laughs> yes, I know oh, exactly I what you're talking about. I know about. exactly what you're talking about in there. Yeah, totally. Wow. It's uh, could 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 be like Danny Elf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then out out of that sort of very Simpsonsy kind of, um, I don't know, circusy kind of sound, um, straight into uh, a funk phase. Um, right. Yeah, and then the guitar comes in, making things sound uh, like increasingly urgent. The kick drum, uh, I don't know how he's doing it. Uh, I know that uh, on Joyful Reunion, he actually double-tracked it because I didn't think that was physically possible <laughs> to play a single kick drum that, that fast, but I think he's actually doing it here. Um, and then right back into the main sequence. Uh, love the breakdown at the end with the descending bass. Um but then for, for me, the song kind of cuts off a little bit suddenly for me. Um, it sounds like it's going somewhere and I wish it had got there. Mm. It's, it's, it's very sudden and I wanted more of it, please. Um, yeah, this song is, um, uh, it's a tease is what it is. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's a demo, totally. right? Like there yeah. was something more to come and we never totally. got it. Yeah. Total yeah. tease. All right. Michelle, how about you? Okay, holy shit. This nugget is astounding. Listen to the amazeballs, and I wrote amazeballs in capital letters. Listen to the amazeballs' use of accents in here. Are there also googly eyes? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, the the fucking accents in here. So mm-hmm. good. Oh, I, I, I finally know where to put them, but it took me a couple of listens through to be like, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Very complex. The first time I heard this, I about died. I would love to know why this never became a bona fide song. And I say that just because it's, it says instrumental, but doesn't it? I, I don't know. Anyways, but then again, I'd rather like it as an instrumental, so I, I don't know. At the end here, I say I, I want to know more about its history, and I really, really hope somebody lets us know about it. Who when could that we be? got access, <laughs> I don't know. When we got access to see or to hear the one and a half demos, uh, what did that? She can't, did she's I trying write? to read her I, notes, I ladies and gentlemen. Well, I'm listening to it, and I write. When we get access to the one and a half demos, wasn't this one of the few, if not the only one, that maybe we had never heard before? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this yeah, was kind sure. of like like thrown in there, and everybody's yep. like, blah, blah, blah. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. That's something we'd never heard before. Now, I, I I went back and forth about mentioning this, and I'm just going to mention it really quickly. This song, unfortunately, this song reminds me of a shitty thing that happened. I was living in up, I'll tell you quick, I was living in upstate New York when I heard this first. I, 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 I burned it onto a CD and I was involved in a, in, in a jury pool of a murder that happened. Oh. Yeah, I am a huge fan of, of court dramas and like law and order and you know like unfortunately i really do like true crime stuff uh, i'm one of those people that just is just fascinated by it and i love to see assholes getting caught anyways i was in a jury pool for a murder that happened with a, two students that went to cornell that had recently been married where the husband we're talking about young people here like 21 22 where the husband had murdered his wife and one of my co-workers had found the body that's all i'm going to say about it but anyways i remember that i heard this around that time and now unfortunately i associate the song Mm. with going to court and being in there for the jury pool with a fucking real life guy who murdered his wife it's fucking weird man Okay, I know you see yeah. it on TV all the time and all the great TV shows. It's way different. You've never in been in a yeah. court when, and like, there's the guy and there's the girl's parent. Oh, it was fuck. It's lots, lots of mental shit. Anyways, forget about all that. But I need to. I, I someday I hope to make this song not about that. But I do think about that a lot when I hear it. John is once again utilizing the the quickly decaying crash symbol that sounds as crunchy as mm. the guitar does that that fucking symbol he just utilizes so well it just just real quick decay i adore this piece for what it is and possibly could have been and would love to know more about its history nice yep well i'm glad you had so much to say about it uh, that was fucking great i, I mean yeah. i feel very similar to both of you i i think what a gift that we got this right this yeah. demo this piece um and and it didn't just get relegated to someone's fucking tape in their closet that they're like well yeah we had this and we, we got it and it, it's a real fucking gift i don't have a ton to say about it because you both said everything i would want to say about it i do the really accents. really enjoy it i do i can't help you know being a lyric guy wondering what 
Like I tried to imagine like what right. cadence of lyrics could be put uh, over this. And yeah, I think yeah. that may be one of the reasons it never came out of the closet. Cause it'd be really tough yeah. to put lyrics to this. It would um, be. It kind of yeah. needs to stay as an instrumental, which would have been mm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a tease. It's like, I love it. And that there's a part of me that's like, Oh, come on. Oh, got any more of that sweet, sweet somewhere. But um <laughs> Yeah, I don't have much more to say about it, right? Like, I can't overanalyze it. Everything you guys have said. The I do, though, Michelle, oh. love that you pointed out the accents. I love that part of it. Mm-hmm. All throughout the song in different ways. I, I'm wondering if John he's, plays like, with it the so band fucking member well. that, that, like, I, I'm wondering oh, if he's the guy he's... in the band that was like, no, we're going to put the emphasis here. Oh, and, you know and, it. And, and, you know it. I, I don't John know is it. a consummate composition. So. I think so. John seems to me yeah. to be the consummate composition. He's, comp- he's a drummer. That's where you hit on the fucking cymbals, man. He's a... Oh, brilliant, uh, brilliant hot composer. Shit. Brilliant. So I yeah. love the song. I think it's great. It's and he's a na- 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 nanner master. <laughs> nanner master, nanner master, nanner, nanner, nanner master. All right, it. let's, uh, oh, let's put this one up for a vote. Um, Matthew, you get to, uh, cast the first slate. It's an interesting, like, these aren't songs I know actually all that well I have listened to. So it's, it takes a lot of thinking. Um, I was annoyed by Lifelike for much of the time that I was aware of Lifelike. Um, but since I got these headphones and I can hear it better, I like it a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. Um, and yeah, I, I wish I could kind of t- tweak the knobs and bring out the, despite what uh, what your very intelligent son says, <laughs> I wish I could bring out the uh, the bass and the guitar a little bit more. Um, the, the John instrumental... It's it's like part, one of the you know those you finish your popcorn your homemade popcorn oh, and um, food. you get uh, those the the sort of partially popped ones on the bottom uh-huh. and the best. They're, they're, they're actually they're super tasty they're super tasty yeah. but um, knock out your fillings that's the thing. <laughs> Like there's some left at the end. They're satisfying and they taste a little different from the the regular popcorn. <clears throat> but you don't necessarily know if it's gonna like bite satisfyingly it might just fucking break your tooth it might have like the the sharp bit of the outside of the seed get jammed up between tooth and your gum um so delicious as it is it's like partially popped popcorn and so i I think i have to give it to lifelike because it's a more complete song oh man even though i i think musically the john instrumental would have blown lifelike away had it come to its beautiful had it fruition. Come to fruition had it popped one for lifelike michelle oh oh i am going for john instrumental all the way i think nice. this is just a little embryo of coolness that could have been maybe is what it is but i think this is just the skeletal come on it's a skeleton of cool all right, one for one yeah. for uh, lifelike, one for John Instrumental. And... Wait, a minute, wait, wait, Matthew wants to say something. Oh, I was, dying. I was actually, I had decided earlier, but it was before I was listening to it on these headphones. I had actually probably decided for John Instrumental. I gotta say, um, before, but uh, I, I think there's more to dig into in the future for lifelike. Yeah, right, for me, right. John, the John Instrumental. Mm-hmm. A lot of the words you said. I don't said, know how much more I can say make, about it. 
No, right. John Instrumental for me is like uh, it, it's a it's a could have been a might have been a almost there a, a little nugget. It, 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 it could have been the a bones. contender. But also <laughs> clearly, 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 I like Life Like way more than either of you two chumps to begin with. So you, it's you clearly Life Like to me because I didn't have to grow on this song. This song grabbed me by the fucking nuts right away. So I love it. First of all, it's a real whole finished song. It was not just a demo left on the floor. It's a yeah, real whole finished song. That said, John, nuts. yeah, John Instrumental is a fucking banger. John Instrumental kicks ass. Yeah. You're lucky to have it. If 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 you never caught it, you actually got to hear the whole fucking thing under our episode zero when right. I played all their instrumental stuff and I played that whole bit under there. So I love it. But lifelike by several, several miles for sure. Whoa. So we've done it, folks. We've come to the end of another episode. We've sent rags and bones to the Pantheon, which it deserves to be uh, seated. Slugs are burning, are sinking slowly into the fetid stew. Lifelike is a little more lifelike tonight, where John's instrumental will go back on the shelf where we can look at it longingly, wondering what it might have been. And so now we're going to hit our last segment of the evening, which Michelle, would you read? Are, are you prepared to read this for us? I sent this to you via email. Do you got that yeah, for I'm Andy's corrections? What are you saying? I'm not. No, I just didn't know. We hadn't talked anymore? about it. No, I want you. I just, I did We hadn't talked about it before I hit record. So no, I, I, I'm handy. You can I throw shade while you're doing it. All right. So we're going to do Andy's corrections. Mr. Kerr. Thank you. As always, Michelle, you're up. Uh, Andy said that John's instrumental is, uh... Get out of that chair, fuck that. Alright, alright, alright. Andy's correction corner. Andy's attic. (laughs) Alright, he's talking about Canada's pissed. As far as I know, there exists two recordings of Canada's pissed. The first version included on One Down and Two to Go, is from Rob and John's four-track days. This is John's song, his music and lyrics, and he is singing here. What? Oh, did I know that? Anyways, Rob's on rhythm guitar, once again with that damn face shifter pedal. <laughs> damn. And bass guitar. <laughs> damn it. Damn it, Jim. And bass guitar and John's on drums and piano. This was maybe recorded in 19... 19- 81. I am not sure. I had nothing to do with this version. In fact, this was likely recorded before I even met the brothers. The distorted guitar solo is by the late Andrew Chalinor. I hope I have said his name right. Andrew Chalinor, who is best known for his band House of Commons. Oh, awesome band. House of Commons Patriot EP was produced by Rob Wright. Oh, damn. I didn't know that. The second version of Canada's Pissed is the opening track from the Trouble 12-inch EP by the infamous scientist. We thought Canada's Pissed would make a good eye size number, infamous size number, and it was already written and arranged. Pretty similar to the original, just not nearly as good sounding, despite being recorded in a professional studio. As well, I ended up singing the lead on this and in the I size instead of John, most likely due to how physically demanding John's drum, John's drum part was. The melody of the verses was changed as well to a higher register, which made it easier to sing live. Okay, the next one Andy talks about is victory. 
Not so much to say about victory. John's deceptively simple repeating drum riff throughout the verses give the song a very subtle urgency. As well, the fact that Rob talks his way through the song with an almost controversial tone gives his lyrics that much more oomph. I have no idea how popular the song still is, but when we started playing it live, it went over really well. Maybe because of the song's slow tempo, tempo, the music's minimal nature, and the fact that the lyrics aren't bogged down in metaphor and imagery, it made it easier than an awful lot of other no-means-no songs to, quote, get get it the first time you heard it. One more thing. For years, I've wondered if I should have added those two incredibly positive-sounding perfect fifths at the tail end of the song on the word victory. On the edge of kitsch, yes, but hey, everyone can use a little bit of sunshine from time to time. Oh, and I think that totally makes the song. That last a resounding yes, Andy. Yeah. I think you've heard our take yeah. on that. Yeah, totally. yeah, a resounding yes. I hope yes, I read yes, that please. all right. That was great. Yeah. What I heard. Okay. Okay. So I, I he, he did say as well. The Rob talks his way through the song with an almost conversational tone. Gives yeah. his lyrics that much more oomph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did Talk I singing. forget a word? Did I forget um, a word? No worries. Yep. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yep. Yep. The Sprekens. The Sprekens. The Deutsch. <laughs> yeah. Sprekens Deutsch. Sprekens. Sprekens. What is that? Sprekens. Too much Guinness. And yeah. uh, no wonder Matthew's always having to go off and pee. I haven't had a whole fucking beer like that in a podcast yet. And I couldn't make it through. Yep. I had to sneak away. I'm actually doing bit. okay. Wait, Maybe when it had I something read, to do with you went like... to go pee pee? I had to go pee pee while you read. Roll reversal. I was trying to hold off. I was trying to hold off, but I had to sneak oh away. Oh my God. I didn't even know because I like, I went over to you the so email you it. sent us and had to close yeah. out the Zoom window. I went to go tinkle. Oh well, my god. Did you go in the yard? Oh, <laughs> you wrote in the no, chat. I, I gotta pee. <laughs> I gotta pee. Oh, that's cute. All right, guys. Well, listen. Um well, we're hopefully we're gonna get back on the horse and get back into our rhythm a little bit. And uh it'll be the same for all you schmucks. You'll still get an episode yeah. every other week. But for us, we hope to see each other a little bit more regularly. This has been fucking great. Uh a really good time. I hope everybody's and doing okay too. Come on now. Me too, you know, right? it's just a like it's a lot uh, out there. Uh, lot yeah, out I'm there. fucking tired uh, of it. Uh, I'm really so, fucking tired of it. So oppressive. Just, just keep your chin so, up, peeps. If nothing else, we hope to give right. you a little uh, hour and a half, almost two hours of time where you don't have to think about all that right. shit. You can think about some really good music, some mm-hmm. friends who are sitting around geeking out. You're with yeah. us, sitting around the fire. So, We're grateful to all of you. Real, real grateful. Yeah. yeah. Either of you got any last thoughts before we wrap this bitch up? No, but I do want to. Well, yes, because I do want to say that I, I, I really love this, and I love talking to you two, and it really is like one of the highlights of here, my, here. my time. I, I don't. What, what am I saying? Like whenever we do it, I love it. Yeah, because it too. really does feel just like some peeps sitting there having a couple of beers and shooting the what shit. Is. Who doesn't just, love that? We just decided to stick microphones in front of our fucking faces yeah. and put it on tape. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Well, and, no uh, means yeah. no thanks to all y'all for uh, for listening and enjoying it. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Without yeah, you, I, it's nothing. I'm right. saying yeah, I'm definitely tired of the, the COVID isolation, but this has um, certainly helped me get through it. I'm um, going through, mm-hmm. as seems to be uh, chronic for me lately, a pretty rough time in the last little bit. And it felt very nice to do something fucking normal tonight. So all thank right. you both. 
Yeah. Absolutely, man. Let's do it again soon. Real soon. All right. No means no thing. Get your paper. No means no things produced and edited by yours truly, Jordan Flato. Co-hosting an excellent podcast graphics are by Matthew Kowalik. Word. Michelle Michelle Strangest is our third and everyone's favorite co-host and official Foley artist. Thank you Uh, to No Means No. There you go. For the use of stock taking as our intro and outro music. And as always, thank you, Andy, for your corrections and support. Mm. Just remember, count on your fingers. It's the rule of the thumb. You stuck around, idiots, to hear our special little secret sauce. Jordan, Jordan when you were in kindergarten, the button. Did, uh, did did the other kids call you Jordan Plato? They call me that a lot. Yes, I'm sure. They Although are. what I got, what I got more was Jordash jeans because it was that era. Of which it was really great because my my comeback was like, I got the look you want to know better. <laughs> so it was pretty fucking great. They used to call me Strange Brain. Oh, like, I yeah, like it. What about it? I like Fuck it. Fuck you. You're going to want one someday. All right. So mm-hmm. here is our first matchup, ladies and gentlemen. I'm posting it into the chat for our hosts to see. Oh, please, please, please. Hmm. Okay. That's a good one. But, hmm. you know, takes a little bit of like, hmm, what? Oh, all right. I want my here, thing. Uh, I'm waiting for my thing. Oh, I like these two songs to go where's, together. Ooh, where's my thing is the name of a Rush song. Nice. Oh. Here's some gravy. Some epic gravy. Uh. That is some gravy. Some yeah, meat indeed. on that bone. Mm, mm, mm. Tasty. You ever get the feeling like, didn't we do that one already? <laughs> I know. Sometimes you're like, wait, didn't we? No, no, we It's didn't. so good. We should have. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, we get to do it now, folks. Excellent. Well, that's it. We did it. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, I can't find the See ya. Zencaster. See ya. That's all, folks.